0: Chapter 13 of English Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Elizabeth Parsons. English Fairy Tales by Flora Annie Steele. Chapter 13 The Laidley Worm in bamborough castle there once lived a king who had two children a son named childe wynne and a daughter who was called may margaret their mother a fair woman was dead and the king mourned her long and faithfully But, after his son-child Nguyen went to seek his fortune, the king, hunting in the forest, came across a lady of such great beauty that he fell in love with her at once and determined to marry her. Now Princess May Margaret was not over-pleased to think that her mother's place should be taken by a strange woman, nor was she pleased to think that she would have to give up keeping house for her father the king for she had always taken a pride in her work. But she said nothing, though she stood long on the castle walls, looking out across the sea, wishing for her dear brother's return. For, see you, they had mothered each other. Still no news came of child Wynne, So on the day when the old king was to bring the new queen home, May Margaret counted over the keys of the castle chambers, knotted them on a string, and after casting them over her left shoulder for luck, more for her father's sake than for the new queen's regard, she stood at the castle gate, ready to hand over the keys to her stepmother. Now as the bridal procession approached, with all the lords of the north country, and some of the Scots lords in attendance, she looked so fair and so sweet, that the lords whispered to one another of her beauty, and when, after saying in a voice like a Mavis, "Oh, welcome, welcome, father, unto your halls and towers, and welcome to my stepmother, for all that's here is yours.' SHE TURNED UPON THE STEP, AND TRIPPED INTO THE YARD, THE SCOTS LORD SAID ALOUD, FORSOOTH, MAY MARGARET'S GRACE SURPASSES ALL THAT WE HAVE MET, SHE HAS SO FAIR A FACE. NOW THE NEW QUEEN OVERHEARD THIS, AND SHE STAMPED HER FOOT, AND HER FACE FLUSHED WITH ANGER, AS SHE TURNED HER ABOUT AND CALLED, YOU MIGHT HAVE ACCEPTED ME, BUT I WILL BRING MAY MARGARET TO A LAIDLY WORM'S DEGREE. I'll bring her low as a laidly worm that warps about a stone, and not till the child of wind come back will the witching be undone. well, hearing this, may Margaret laughed, not knowing that her new stepmother, for all her beauty, was a witch, and the laugh made the wicked woman still more angry, so that same night. She left her royal bed, and, returning to the lonely cave where she had ever done her magic, she cast Princess May-Margaret under a spell, with charms three times three, and passes nine times nine. And this was her spell. I weird ye to a ladly worm, and such sail ye ever be, until child-win the king's dear son comes home across the sea. Until the world comes to an end, unspelled ye'll never be, unless child win, of his own free will, sail give you kisses three. So it came to pass that Princess May Margaret went to her bed a beauteous maiden, full of grace, and rose next morning a layly worm. For when her tire women came to dress her, they found coiled up in her bed an awesome dragon, which uncoiled itself, and came towards them. And when they ran away terrified, the laely worm crawled and crept, and crept and crawled, down to the sea, till it reached the rock of the spindle-stone, which is called the hue. And there it curled itself round the stone, and lay basking in the sun." Then for seven miles east, and seven miles west, and seven miles north and south, the whole countryside knew the hunger of the Lely Worm of spindlestone hue, for it drove the awesome beast to leave its resting place at night, and devour everything it came across. At last a wise warlock told the people that if they wished to be quit of these horrors, they must take every drop of the milk of seven white Milchkine every morn and every eve, to the trough of stone at the foot of the hue for the Laidly Worm to drink. And this they did, and after that the Laidly Worm troubled the countryside no longer but lay warped about the hue looking out to sea with its terrible snout in the air but the word of its doings had gone east and had gone west it had even gone over the sea and had come to child wind's ears and the news of it angered him for he thought perchance it had something to do with his beloved sister may margaret's disappearance so he called his men at arms together and said, "We must sail to Banburrow and land by Spindlestone, so as to quell and kill this lately worm." Then they built a ship without delay, laying the keel with wood from the rowan tree, and they made mass of rowan wood also, and oars likewise, and so furnished, set forth. Now the wicked queen knew by her arts they were coming, so she sent out her imps to still the winds, so that the fluttering sails of silk hung idle on the masts. But child wind was not to be bested, so he called out the oarsmen. Thus it came to pass that one morn the wicked queen, looking from the keep, saw the gallant ship in Bamborough Bay. And she sent out all her witch wives and her impets to raise a storm and sink the ship, but they came back unable to hurt it, for see you it was built of rowan wood over which witches have no power. Then, as a last device, the witch queen laid spells upon the laidly worm, saying, O oh, laidly worm, go make their topmast heel, go worm the sand and creep beneath the keel now the lady worm had no choice but to obey so the worm leapt up the worm leapt down and plaited round each plank and i as the ship came close to shore she healed as if she sank three times three did child win attempt to land and three times three the Lately Worm kept the good ship from the shore. At last Child Wynne gave the word to put the ship about, and the Witch Queen, who was watching from the keep, thought he had given up, but he was not to be bested, for he only rounded the next point to Budley Sands. And there, jumping into the shoal water, he got safely to land, and, drawing his sword of proof, rushed up to fight the awesome worm. But as he raised his sword to strike, he heard a voice, soft as the western wind, O quit thy sword, unbed thy bow, and give me kisses three, for though I seem a lately worm, no harm I'll do to thee and the voice seemed to him like the voice of his dear sister, May Margaret, so he stayed his hand. Then once again the ladly worm said, O quit thy sword, unbend thy bow, my ladly form forget, forgive the wrong and kiss me thrice for love of May Margaret. Then child Wynne, remembering how he had loved his sister, put his arms round the Lely Worm, and kissed it once, and he kissed the loathly thing twice, and he kissed it yet a third time as he stood with the wet sand at his feet. Then with a hiss and a roar the Lely Worm sank to the sand, and in his arms was May Margaret. He wrapped her in his mantle, for she trembled in the cold sea air, and carried her to Bamborough Castle where the wicked queen, knowing her hour was come, stood, all deserted by her imps and witch-wives, on the stairs, twisting her hands. Then Child Wynne, looking at her, cried, Woe, woe to thee, thou wicked witch! An ill fate shalt thine be, the doom thou dreed on May Margaret, the same doom shalt thou dree." henceforth thou'lt be a ladly toad that in the clay doth wend and unspelled thou wilt never be till this world hath an end and as he spoke the wicked queen began to shrivel and she shriveled and shriveled to a horrid wrinkled toad that hopped down the castle steps and disappeared in a crevice but to this day A loathsome toad is sometimes seen haunting Bamborough Keep, and that lately toad is the wicked witch-queen. But Child Wynne and Princess May Margaret loved each other as much as ever, and lived happily ever after. End of chapter 13